0: The waters of Georgian Bay are restless. Even in the early morning, motorboats can be heard speeding across the water, sending waves out on an infinite journey until they crash onto the shore. But the water wasn't always this way. Before motorboats, tourists, and water skis, this water would look as still as glass, painting a perfect reflection of the trees and the clouds. Try to imagine how different the landscape would have been several hundred years ago. Imagine the stillness of the past. I'm your host, Liz Edwards, and this is Rooted, Beausoleil Island, a podcast exploring the history of Beausoleil Island through the environment around us. This is Chapter 3, Wendake. A short walk downhill from the Cemetery of the Oak, past a field full of fragrant wild bergamot and roses, is a large landing dotted with oak and cedar saplings. Looking east towards the mainland, two large rocks jut out of the water just steps away from the shore. These are the Ogechidakwe-Nanibwe rocks. Their Anishinaabeg name means Warrior Woman Standing Rocks, and they have long been an important landmark on Bosley Island. Parks Canada interpreter Sean Corbier shares the history of the ogechi nanibwe rocks.
1: Uh, Ogechidakwe a Nanibwe rock, which means an Ojibwe warrior woman standing rocks. But those rocks were also like a widow's walk. So when their men went fishing for a few weeks or a month or so, uh, the women would be waiting on these rocks for their men to come home.
0: 500 years ago, the land around Beausoleil Island was known as Wendake, the land of the Huron-Wendat. The archaeology of Bosley Island has had an important impact on Jamie Hunter's career. As a camper at Camp Kichikawana in the 1960s, he found his very first artifact, a projectile point.
2: I've been living on Georgian Bay since uh, 1957. I've been an archaeologist for almost 60 years. Ultimately, Bosley Island is the place where I found my very first arrowhead. As a camper uh, in Camp Kichikawana, uh, it certainly wouldn't be my last. Um, I think I've probably found thousands of arrowheads since. But it really stimulated in me the need to understand the past based on the presence of artifacts and the presence of people that have gone before us. You know, contemporary visitors need to have a better appreciation of what their activities are doing, um, because they could certainly affect um, or destroy um, indigenous remains from the uh, island. And it's just incredible how things are interrelated historically. There not only is a history, there are people, and we should have regard for all the people that have gone before us, and and, um, they're alive and well and
0: living on Bosley Island. Jamie Hunter tells us more about the Huron-Wendat of Georgian Bay.
2: Really, Bosley Island reflects the archaeological history of southeastern Georgian Bay. Uh, There's quite an antiquity to the archaeology and human history of Bosley Island, some 7,000 years old. That's not bad. Bosley Island contains a Wendat presence um, on the Camp Kitchi site, but that's not to say that there aren't more in other parts of the island. Wendat is the term that the Iroquoian peoples living here in Simcoe County referred to themselves as. The notion that the human history of Bosley Island only starts with the Anishinaabe or even, for that matter, the Wendat. It's by no means um, the first traces
0: of human occupation for Bosley Island. Sean, the Indigenous outreach officer and interpreter at Georgian Bay Islands National Park, demonstrates to Bosley Island visitors how projectile points and stone tools similar to those found on Bosley Island were created using flint napping. Sean uses the same tools and techniques that flint nappers from thousands of years ago would have used.
1: Footnapping is the art of stone tool manufacturing, and uh, we know over five thousand years ago that stone tool manufacturing was happening here on the park. So it's making arrowheads, end scrapers, combination tools. Not only making the tools, but it's the sound of it as well. As far as you know, smashing the stone apart, pressure flaking your, your flakes off. Uh, they make a really unique sound. So footnapping includes all that all that noise that it's done. Uh, so us here on the island, we know that. Um, they were making their arrowheads and combination tools out of uh, chert. They had to travel up to a little over two hundred kilometers to get chert, and then bring it back to the island in what they call nodules. Now the thing about flintknapping, you got to have the right, the right stone. So this stone or this glass has a, a trick to it that uh, all silicates have uh, in order to and You can see the conchoidal, the waves inside the. Um, inside the glass or the stone. They all have this trait. Without this trait uh, you can't flint nap. Any which way I would hit it, it always breaks that way.
0: Sean leads an interpretive program all about flint mapping for visitors at Georgian Bay Islands National Park to get to experience some of the history and archaeology of the island in person.
1: Now some of the tools. Uh, I got some boppers here. They're copper boppers. These are modern day nappers that use the copper, so I got a copper bopper, I got a copper shaper, and I got a copper pressure flaker. But I'm going what we call, I'm going traditional, and so I got some antlers from a buck, uh, from a deer. So I got some soft percussion hammers here. Uh, I got some uh, shapers. Uh, one of my favorite tools to use actually is this deer tin, and it's a combination. It's a pressure flaker, and it's also a shaper in one. The other thing you're gonna need is your hammerstone. So we have some hammerstones that are found in the on, uh, on our archeological dig. So I, I went along the shoreline and I found my own. So you um, and then the last thing you're gonna need is actually your thumb guard. And this goes on your thumb. Uh, I have a double pad here because when I'm pressure flaking, we do not want to uh, stab yourself in the palm of your hand. And it does hurt. Uh, this is your your last part you do when you finish it. So it's a lot of fun when you're at this stage because it takes shape and you're sharpening it and then you're almost done, of course. So that's, that's the main thing. But other than that, yeah, your couple of tools, your hammerstone and some good chert. And, of course, before we go and pick and when we when we go secure stuff like my hammerstone or stone, I have to offer tobacco to give thanks for that, uh, for that food source or for that utility source because... Without it, you know, it's, it's it's actually helping me, make me live and in, in my family, so. But, so what you do is you spall off a piece, you get yourself a nice thin enough piece that you can work with. So, when I'm footnapping, i got to make sure I have a center line. And by the time I'm finished, then my projectile point's going to be really straight. It's not going to be crooked. And then you want to shape it, so you're going to. So, it's sort of just like chipping it, so I just want to shape it into an arrowhead. so we're going to make an arrowhead today so I'm just going to and again it's that sound part of flint metal. So yeah so I go along I keep doing this until I had the shape of my arrowhead so I'm going to take a little bit off that of because it's still a little thick and I'll scratch off a couple pieces and the really other really important thing is making your platform so platforms are key I'm going to take this uh, abrasion stone here and I'm going to make a little a little platform but by abrasing this little area, I can st- strategically uh, send energy just in that area, and it just makes it easier for the tool to grab the stone. Make a make a platform. So once you got your shape and you shaped it with the uh, with the with the tin or one of your boppers. The last thing you got to do is um, start pressure flaking all the way around, and then hopefully it'll be all nice and sharp. So again if you can hear that me, that, hear that uh, pressure flaking here, and then when I want it to get extra sharp I'm going to take my abrasion stone instead of me going flat, this time I'll do that one edge on an angle, and then it'll be really really sharp, and voila. The way you go you are ready to, uh, to hunt
0: Sean shares how flint napping has helped him to connect to the history of both the island and to his Ojibwe culture
1: but it's just the sound of it it's fun and I'm carrying on a tradition that uh, that my ancestors that had did long ago it's really soothing and it's really comforting knowing that I'm uh, I'm doing something sacred and I am going to pass it on to uh, my generation and whoever is willing to learn.
0: Rooted Bosley Island is a No History podcast. It is hosted by Liz Edwards, produced by Liz Edwards and Emily Keyes, with sound design by Liz Edwards. Guests today include Jamie Hunter and Sean Corbiere. Rooted Bosley Island is recorded in London, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Attawandaron, Anishinaabeg, Haudenosaunee, and Lenapewak and in Ottawa, Ontario, on the unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinabek, Beausoleil Island is located on the traditional lands of the Anishinabek, Huron-Wendat, and Métis Nation. These lands continue to be home to First Nation and Métis peoples whom we recognize as the contemporary stewards of the land and waters we are on today.